Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It should be 16 hours. Oh, I don't know if it's 16 hours or 18 hours in Zambia. Nathan, you tell me. Nathan, over to you. Thank you, Roger. Good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. It's 1,600 hours, I believe. Yeah. 1,604 in Zambia. And it's uh, a 904 in Dallas, Texas. We do appreciate you joining us. Um, Zambia declared a Christian nation and Christian clergy involvement in the political process, how has that helped with the whole political scenario and everything else that uh, has gone on into the country? This is our discussion today. We are uh, joined by uh, members of the Zambia Christian parliamentarians. Uh, Two of the members are not yet here, but however, we have uh, one of the members, she's also a uh, Monali constituency candidate. She's the finance and uh, I believe she chairs the finance committee of the MMD. She's a member of the NEC, uh, Mrs. Felicity Nanyangwe Chulu. Uh, Mrs. Chulu, good afternoon. Welcome. Okay. We need to do the sound of Mrs. Chulu's part. She, uh, yeah, good afternoon, Mrs. Chulu. Can you hear? No, she can't she can't hear it seems. Okay. Um Hello, Mrs. Chulu, can you hear? Uh, let me try and send a message. Okay. Yeah, she says she can't hear. Um, you are unmuted. Hey, uh, keep. Let's uh, try to turn off. Try to turn off. Good morning. Titus, can you hear us? Yes, good morning. Yeah, we are okay, thank you. I good we can uh, we can hear at least you can hear someone. Okay, this might be better. Good morning. 
Good morning, Yasser. Good morning, Titus. Good morning. How is uh, Minnesota? It's kicking. It's all <laughs> good. Yeah. No complaints. Uh, on, uh, okay, who is online? Thomas Angel, welcome. Steven Patrick McKee, welcome, Patrick. Uh, it's good to have you. Morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. We're trying to connect uh, our people from the continent. As always, uh, issues with the uh, internet uh, can be challenging. So thank you for coming early. Uh, our show comes in the next hour. So stay hung there. Uh, I'm confident you are here. Yeah. Okay, it looks to be one of those one of those days, uh, Patrick, where you have a lot of things going on. I can't even get onto my video to come on. I don't know what the issue is uh, there. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> is this Nathan? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The show is not quite the same if we don't see your face so you gotta i know i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to get myself if i to get but, but it's not working <laughs> oh technology is great when it works <laughs> when, yeah, it works. when it works one of those things uh to our listeners please those that are on radio and everybody else we are, we are having uh we're waiting for mrs chulu and you have to turn off one item which you have is giving us uh, a feedback. feedback. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's work on those things. <laughs> Technology is good when it works. But uh, as with Zoom, most of the time we... Yeah, that's the thing with technology. You have to, to work with it and... Uh, see what happens there. Uh, we shall see here. And uh, there's supposed to be three members on the same team, but uh, only one person is with us here. So let's see what happens uh, with the show as we as we go along here. Uh, everybody listening, uh, call a friend, tag them, remind them that we are on, and we are good to go. That's what is happening here. Um, what are we having this afternoon, or is it later in the show, Roger? Later on the show, uh, we have uh, a packed, packed, packed show uh, on the open, open forum. First 15 minutes, we'll be looking at um, uh, investing uh, in uh, options, stock options, yeah. Stock options. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Patrick will come on live. We are looking at young African innovators. How can we be of uh, of help, especially members of the diaspora, uh, to see our our own bright minds who are just scrapping by to to get through 
on the mm-hmm. bottom of the hour, we'll be uh, discovering Algeria today in what we are calling Travel Africa, Travel and Trade Africa. And then we'll end with Brother Josiah looking on the lighter note at music. And we try to promote music. Zambia, you'll be uh, sad to note that Zambia has the lowest number of uh, views when it comes to, to music. Uh, say online on online YouTube on, mm-hmm. on YouTube we score very 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 low even small countries like Botswana um, have higher ratings uh, than ours what what is happening that is uh, one of the questions we are going to be dealing with maybe we might find answers who knows okay <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk to uh, I don't know it's like there's a lot of work that literally everything needs to be overhauled in 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 our great country. Good morning, Alan. Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? How's Florida? Florida is good. Uh, it's a nice sunny day. We are doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Uh, Plus, Alan, we're supposed to be talking to uh, Zambia Christian parliamentarians and the argument on the issue of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, Christian leaders or clergy getting involved in the political process. How has it helped? Uh, as it just, how has it helped the political process in Zambia? And uh, you are, for this time around, you notice that we have so many pastors or members of the clergy from the Christian fraternity standing for or running for political office at different levels in Zambia. So that's our discussion today. My main concern, Alan, is that doesn't this lead to people abandoning their primary core? (laughs) Um, You are right. When I saw it, I was like, okay. Um, what are we saying with this question? Why can't it just be uh, Islam as a Christian nation filled with Christian people? But if we are talking about clergy specifically, standing for political mm-hmm. office, then it begin, the questions begin to, to become relevant. So as far as clergy, yeah. um, one, uh, you see, the, the thing, unlike quote-unquote organized religion, like, for instance, the Catholics, um, some of the Baptists who are still in that strict organized uh, kind of setup. In, uh, for us in the evangelical, God speaks to me and I come out and say, hey, I'm going to plant a church, I'm starting a ministry, I'm going into full-time ministry because God has spoken to me. It doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be witnessed or regulated by anyone. It is between me and God. So when a preacher, a pastor, or a bishop, or whatever, is said from the evangelical circle, says, I'm standing for political office, and this is what um, the direction I feel I should go, there are two things. One, they will say, uh, God has told me. And if someone, the moment somebody says, God has told me, for me, I back off and just wait to see the results of your so-called calling from God. Because if it's genuinely from God, the results will be able to tell. Now, if I just felt like, for me, I have something to contribute to society. Therefore, I am going to stand because I think I can contribute to that constituency if I was MP or if I was a minister, I can make mm-hmm. a, a positive contribution. That, too, is, is permissible. We do have free will at the end of the day. So in all things, 
it is what is the result. Because if you are a Christian, like for instance, I tell the girls who work for me or the anyone who works for me, if they come up with the at the front they are saying I'm a Christian, then I say, well, then if you are a Christian, I will hold you to the standard of a Christian. Because if you mm. are a Christian, there are do's and don'ts in the Christians that we say definitely no. How is your excellence? What are you doing? If you are a Christian and then you are endorsing corruption, it's one thing mm. to say, I don't support that, but I'm still a member of this party because I support the bigger picture. But to outrightly say that everything we are doing as a party is right and you are a Christian, in Zambia's case, for instance, I would have a problem with that. There are certain things which I can accept. They say, look, I support PF and the overall vision. I don't support the $1 million for an ambulance. I can live with that. <laughs> you know. So what is the result? So each one should be held accountable for their responsibility in that party and what role they have played. There's got to be tangibles. When I became MP, this was the situation. Now this is the situation. Okay. When I joined cabinet, they were not... Uh, corruption was at 90%. Now it is at 30% because of my influence. That is what's going to begin to justify their participation. Yeah, you, you are right. Now, you see, the other question that arises here is uh, when somebody says, God has spoken to me, aren't we just diminishing or just <laughs> sort of just playing with, with, with a very serious situation right there when we begin to say, God has spoken to me? We, we are, we, we are, and a lot of Christians have used that excuse in so many things which are uh, unfounded. Now, being a Christian and being uh, truly saved and born again, for me, I distinguish them, because today you can go anywhere on the streets of Lusaka and ask anyone, they will say, I'm a Christian. You know, even in the middle of doing something horrendous, they will say, I'm a Christian. So that's, so mm. that's not necessarily the qualification. Um when you declare yourself a Christian, is going. the Bible says you shall be known by what? By your fruits. So okay. each one who is in there and they're a Christian, let's examine the fruit of your service. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Well, our two guests, uh, about to join us. I don't know what has happened to Mrs. Chulu, uh, Roger. Any any efforts on our side? Yeah, we tried. Uh, um, I think the best she can do is maybe to join with our video. Uh, especially in Zambia, they, they come out better with that video. Mm, okay. Well, um... Let's see if, if that is going to work. Uh, I believe that's uh, Miss, that's uh, Reverend Zulu there joining us. Is, is that in Galaxy? Um, we, we, we shall see what we can do with the remainder of the time. I think we have about 35 minutes or so. We've already lost 19 minutes. And uh, Thank you, Alan, for that input. Uh, let's see what we, we, how, how much time we can spend here with uh, uh, Reverend Zach Zulu. I, I really want us to get to the bottom of this. Sorry, unfortunately, you all can't see my handsome face. I don't know. I 
the, the one of the laptop I'm using is is asleep. I don't want to disturb them. Um, is that Pastor Zulu? Claro, Pastor Zulu can hear. Patrick, what have you done to our system today? <laughs> I just said technology is good, and when it doesn't work, it's something else. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of people who have joined us here. Hello, Dr. Musanje. Hi, Eric. Uh, hello, Patricia. And uh, my mother, Mrs. Chapaloko, there. Um, Titus, I, I want to ask you this question. And uh, I know you are Adventist. Uh, I don't know if you are able to answer this. Just Azuru, can you hear me? That's quiet. Just a moment, Titus. Hello, what should I do? Maybe it doesn't have headphones on or just do a sign that you can't hear. Touch your ears so he knows. Because we can see, but I don't know. Headphones or speaker on. Mike off maybe. Maybe Mike, muted. Mike, Mike, you know what my charismatic friends would say here, Roger? The devil is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It's uh, we we shall get to the bottom of this. Good morning, Clotilda. Uh, good morning. Good morning. What's going on today? I've been trying to see you guys on camera. I can't see nothing. I know. Oh, okay, we 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 try to make sure. Yeah, that is from the beginning. It's been like this. Uh, so, dude, I'm joking here with Roger. I'm saying my charismatic friends would say the devil, devil is a liar. liar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop there before Mam Chapoloko spanks all of us. Um, but you know how Pastor Zulu, can you hear me? Good morning, everybody. Morning, Mom. How are you doing? I'm doing good, good, good. Thank God I'm healed. Amen. I can hear from the voice that you are ready to preach. I really, Mama Chaploko, I really want us to get to the bottom of this issue of clergy getting involved in politics. My guests are having technical issues. Well, Felicity actually did connect, but it didn't work properly. Pastor Zulu, can you hear me? That's why... That's why Roger, the radio is a very straightforward and simple thing here. Um, Are you going to allow questions as well? Yes, we will. I think I'll just ask two or three questions and then we get into people asking questions because my script is now thrown off. This is 9.23. We've gone 23 minutes and we've lost. I I know. Maybe while we are waiting for those people to come in, I just wanted to say something. Please go ahead. Yeah. You know, um, as Christians, uh, we have to. 
get involved in politics. It's a must. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't get in there, we are not going to, who is going to sort out all that mess that is there? Because some people see things different, and mm-hmm. we as Christians, we see them differently. For me, even, even before we get into, into politics, we have been doing things behind the scenes. Yes. Because uh, you don't have to become a president or in the, in, the, in the politics before you can help people. For me, uh, my strength or the thing that I look at is to look at, 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 at the plight of the people, to help mm-hmm. the people. For instance, some of those um, uh, um, people that are aspiring to be presidents, they have the money. They have been business people. But when you look where they have come from, their provinces, people live as if they are shifting tomorrow. 2021. What have we done? Have we, in our own small way, have we been sort of putting a clinic for those people? Have we been sort of empowering them uh, with something that can, can develop them? Have we been thinking of... Um, of 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 trying to 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 to, to talk to them about the the the, the, the um 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 uh, 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 state of their mind the the the, uh, uh, the mindset because that is what is the problem right now in our country mm-hmm. so uh, it 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 beats me mm-hmm. you don't have to be a member of parliament you don't have to be in the state house to help the people right now the suffering in Zambia and the great suffering. And if we wait for the government to do that alone, they will not do it. They will do certain things and certain things will not be done. But we as individuals, as aspiring MPs, aspiring presidents, aspiring whatever candidate wants, what have we done for the people? What are we doing? If we are not doing anything, even when oh. we get we will not do it. There's a saying in my language which says, um, Ushu papa tu unono, nilaka watesi nitaka pede. Of course. Yeah, you don't have to get into set house to help people. You don't have to get into set house to open orphans. I remember uh, some time back, years back, maybe going back to 88, 182, 83, somewhere there, when mm. we started uh, helping the orphans and the widows and the less privileged. The government came out to say, government alone, at that particular time, whatever government was in place, whether it was MMD or whatever, government alone cannot help the people. There are a lot of orphans in Zambia due to the um, HIV and AIDS before the medication came on. So there are so many families that have been misplaced. Help us as individuals. I remember, uh, I didn't get permission, but I'll call uh, starting an orphanage at Kabwata opening, her, dealing with the children over 90. What did we do to even support her, to support those children? She still have those children despite the pandemic and whatever she has gone through because it's her calling, because she's a believer. Mm. She decided to do the right thing. So are we even believers? Are we aspiring those 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 uh, those uh, 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 a appointment so that we can we can get something out of it or are we there for the pride of the people i am concerned i'm very very concerned if i yeah. thought what i'm doing as an individual behind the scenes you'll be surprised it's right in zambia i'm not there certain places i'm not even been there 
But what I'm doing is there, as an individual, as a family, with my family, what we are doing, you'll be amazed. If I came today and say I'm standing as an MP in this area, I'll go through an opposition. Because we need to touch the lives of the people. That's true. We need to meet them at their point of need. Because here is the thing uh, with what you're saying, yeah. man. Uh, it, it seems to appear like people put the cart in front of the horse or the donkey. We think that first I need to get in there, then I can start helping or saving the people. If you are mm. not doing it before you get into any position <laughs> or political leadership or authority of power or whatever, it's, it's like I always try to give this analogy. I, I know a lot of people get upset with me, but uh, I got beyond the issue of getting concerned about people getting upset when you say the truth. People mm. always say, oh, when we dual citizenship, dual citizenship. When we get dual citizenship, we can do a lot for our country. If you haven't been doing something before you get dual citizenship, guess what? It mm. won't mean anything. Exactly. Like I said, and everybody got upset with me, Roger, you remember <laughs> this show, when I said it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Okay? You need to be working and doing something even before you get that thing going. Do we have, uh, okay, none of our guests has joined us here. Um, Can we say something, Brother Yes, please go ahead, uh, uh, Clotilda. Uh, sorry. I ha- go ahead. Uh, so I have, um, with all due respect to what Mom said, I, I was one of those people that used to think we should put Christians in position for things to work properly. But I think we have proved ourselves wrong because we've had Christians, I'm going to put those in inverted commas, Christians in office that have been like the worst and the worst heathens we've ever had. Once they get in office, they forget they're Christians. I'll give an example of, I'm not even ashamed to say this. Look at Dan Pule. Reverend Sumaili, they forget that they were Christians. Once they get in office, all the focus is about themselves. So in a, in a way, I think I would rather vote for someone that has integrity, whether they are Christians or non-Christians. Sometimes non-Christians actually tend to work better. So it's up to us Christians to build ourselves with integrity and good work ethic for us to, to be called to do that. I think that's what I have. Yeah, interesting point that uh, uh, you raised. Titus, the question I wanted to throw at you is that I know you are Adventist. uh, What is Adventist position on... they, they are clergy or just political involvement? I, I, I don't seem to see... A lot of statements from that angle. I, I don't know how you'd. Re- I know you are not clergy, but how would you respond to that? I think uh, I know of people that are in politics, but it doesn't matter whether you are on a pastoral level or not on pastoral level. Mm-hmm. We've had, I think, even some current ministers, the minister, I don't know which name it is. Who's an FDA and uh, 
up to the level of uh, the helping out of uh, I think it was the recent was the Chilo, was the Lungu administration, uh, Doctor Akomba, with that uh, what is that thing they came up with? Not a lot of something to deal with the something to deal with the constitution. Is one of the people that were helping out there to come up with the, the Constitution Court, I think. If you remember the former ambassador, uh, the one who was just recorded, who was heading the, what is that, Ziali. Do you remember him? He's an SDA person. What is Ziali? As an ambassador, Ziali is where after you finish the laws, just a moment, uh, Titus. Uh, Pastor Zulu, can you can you hear me? Please unmute yes. yourself. Yeah. Just unmute yourself now. Okay. Okay. Yes. Welcome. Okay. Okay. We've lost a bit of time here. Uh, uh, joining us is Reverend Zach Zulu, is the General Secretary of uh, Zambia Parliament, Zambia Christian Parliamentarians. Uh, two quick questions, Pastor Zulu, and then we'll see if we can take some questions from uh, our colleagues here. Uh, what prompted the formation of this organization? Well, um, thank you so much, uh, viewers, listeners, and uh, of course, the organizers of this um, uh, meeting. The Zambia Christian Parliamentarian was actually uh, motivated uh, from the fact that we've come to realize that most of the Christians, they do not participate in politics, active politics, simply because of other two reasons. Reason number one is uh, we've got a belief that I think uh, politics is, is a dead game, and Christians wouldn't want to associate themselves with the thing which they call the Now, we felt there is a gap in here because we, there is a need to make what is dead, to make it clear. So we thought Christians must actually participate in this. And then we looked at quite a number of factors as well. And so when we came together, we realized that I think there is a need for sensitization and, of course, a platform that we can put in place to, you know, cut across uh, the Christian fraternity. So the formation of the Zambia Christian Parliamentarians was actually formed because of the same. And then uh, one of the things also that prompted the formation of the ZCP, uh, if I put it in the abbreviation, is the fact that uh, Zambia, you know, is founded on the principles of one Zambia, one nation, that is actually the unity, despite the fact that we, are, we have got more than 73 languages here and there. And then we thought we need to bring together all these languages together and enforce or probably support the, the cause, one Zambia, one nation. Zambia being declared a Christian nation some years ago, uh, we felt also there must be a voice of a Christian to speak out you know, on the national matters as well. So because of this, uh, we felt there is a need to form an organization that is called the Zambia Christian Parliamentarian. So Zambia, like you've rightly said, the Reverend Zulu is, was declared a Christian nation. To me, it sounds like you're contradicting yourself. So if it's a Christian nation, why should we have all these organizations? Yeah. Um, 
that's actually very, uh, you know, true. If Zambia is a Christian uh, nation, as it is, it, it's very important now that we must start working on fulfilling what the government actually, you know, has, uh, has declared. The, the, the formation of ZCP is to support the, 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 the principles that have actually been uh, put in place. For example, uh, in the constitution of the, 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 the Zambian constitution, it is enshrined that Zambia shall be a Christian nation. So we felt this can actually become a tool to disseminate the information and educate and inform those people that probably are still in the dark. And this is why we felt this is the right thing to do. Okay. How do you, 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 you are a clergy, you are then minister. How do you balance your, respons- your pastoral responsibilities and that of your political uh, ambitions? Uh, and how you, do you like somebody said to me, um, aren't you like abandoning your pastoral role? Because politics is involving, especially when you're campaigning, that's number one. Number two, obviously your congregation, you are MMD. Obviously your congregation is not all MMD. How do those members who are PF, UPND, and other parties feel about your political involvement? Well, um, to start with, first of all, we, we, we felt pastors should take even a leading role. Uh, understanding politics, politics is actually, even church is politics, politics is all about people. And so if we are talking about politics as a believer, that is very important because we, we, we feel we need to take the upper role in terms of uh, you know, governance. And the, you know, the Bible clearly indicates that when the righteous rule, people rejoice. So looking at this, we need pastors to get involved into the political arena. Not only that, we've had for a very long period of time where people they say, look, um, you know, uh, we, 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 we are putting in, in, in office people that do not fear God. And I think time has actually, you know, come so that now people that fear God should take the position of office. May I come back to the question that you asked about the responsibility? Now, mm. to me, politics is a ministry. I will give you an example. The, the, constitu- the constituency where I came when I look at all those people from right across you know, my constituency, I see them as people that need a shepherd, people that need direction, people that need leadership. And so as a pastor, I feel it's my duty, it's my responsibility to take a lead and lead those people. Now, one of the things that is actually happening right now, particularly in the Zambian situation, political system, is that we, 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 have, we have a lot of people that just want to jump into politics for different agendas. Well, uh, anybody else can say the same thing that I'm saying, but I want to cut across to say it's important that believers take the responsibility of leadership. So leadership is what is lacking in our country. And as a pastor, as a leader, we feel it's important for us to show leadership to the nation of Zambia. Because if we show leadership to the nation of Zambia, then people now will have a direction to where to go. I have so far been able to mobilize people, and we're doing projects that are able to change lives of people in the rural area. My constituency is in the rural setup. And so because of that constituency that is in the rural setup, I'm looking at 
these people for so many years they've lived in this kind of a condition there and they've accepted the kind of lifestyle which they're living in. When I go there as a leader, my heart bleeds. And I feel I need to contribute something to this constituency. Now, coupled with my pastoral calling and the leadership that I have within me and the training, I feel a pastor needs to take a role right now into, uh, into the political uh, platform. There is something that happened, Mam Chapoloko. I, I don't know if Zach Zulu, if you are able to, um, <laughs> you are able to, you, there is something that happened in 1990, 1991, okay? I know you are familiar, a lot of people, especially if you are from Lusaka area, you are familiar with North Mid Assemblies of God. During yes. the 1990, 1991, North Mid was basically then, it, it was almost like it was a very strong atmosphere which supported the movement. I'm not going to say MMD, but I'll say the movement. Mm-hmm. And the pastors clearly made it, made it very clear that they were pro-MMD. When we were singing the National Anthem in church, Pastor Zulu, we were even making the MMD sign. But this is what happened. One of Dr. Kaunda's sons and his wife used to come to church. Mam Chapoloko, you remember this? Yes. Yes, I yes. Because of that atmosphere that was created there, we ran off Wesley out of church and his wife. I remember that very yes. clearly. Yes. Now, the Bible says, the Bible says, God, Jesus is concerned about one sheep that is lost, using that principle. Yes. How do you balance that situation? Well, um... Certain cases are exceptional, and uh, there, are, there are certain things that we can't. Allow me to say this here, that this is why we have come to realize the mistakes could have been done in the past. And we cannot use the mistake of yesterday and to live in denial of the change and transformation that the nation needs to go through today. But we need to probably come in and offer a solution to okay, fine. Yesterday, this is what happened, but today we can fix this and move forward. Talking about the issue of uh, another political party, uh, I mean, so many political parties in one umbrella, in one church there, and the pastor seemingly is supporting one political party, and the members of the other political parties that are not in the same political party with the pastor, the leader of the church, how comfortable do they feel? Now, this is where now wisdom comes in. Under ZCP, we are talking about we are talking about we, we, we are talking about the one Zambia one nation. This has helped us to, to, to bring all the political parties together in and, and, and accept one another regardless of the political affiliation. Right now, uh, we are talking about uh, members of Z, ZCP to be coming from MMD, to be coming from uh, UPND, from the ruling PF, from many other political parties, NGC. Uh, DP and, and quite a number of politi- uh, we have managed to bring all these people together and we are singing one uh, in the recent, I think some few uh, some few weeks ago uh, precisely, I think about two to three weeks ago we had, we had our official launch, on the official launch you'll be so amazed, I was putting on my MMD regalia the, the UPND supporter member was also putting on the UPND regalia 
and, and so on and so forth. We are DF also on the other side. We took a picture and we, are, we were holding hands together. In the other picture, everybody's raising the, 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 the symbol of their political party. What a wonderful thing in Zambia. Now, the formation of ZCT is trying to promote this. Now, if we can be able to speak this language, one language, which is the one Zambia, one nation, we will be able to coexist even in the church, regardless if the pastor is belonging to this other political party or the members are into another political party. We are promoting multipartism. We are promoting coexistence despite the political affiliation. So in the recent past, yes, of course, change was a little bit difficult for people to understand, particularly, you know, our country came from one party, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, that time of the, the, the before the multi-party system uh, of governance came into. So it was very difficult for people to understand the change that took place at that particular time. But let's understand times are changing. Right now, we've got so many political parties in Zambia. This reality to being, and everybody now understands that now we are living in a multi-party uh, system of governance. So to this effect, I believe, Members of different political parties can still fellowship, shake hands together, but be in that one particular church without having a divide. There is a question here from uh, Facebook. Uh, how do other members of your, of, who, are not, who do not belong to your party feel about your, your, your political uh, position, affiliation or party affiliation? Um, in my church, members of other political parties, uh, they do not have a problem because, like I'm saying, we are promoting uh, multipartism in the way that we're doing things because this is, this is the reality that Zambia has gone into where members of different political parties have to coexist. We are trying to destroy this spirit where if I am wearing blue, Mm. And another person is wearing red. Another one is in green or whatever color. If I look at that particular person there, I see that person as, as an enemy. And uh, regardless of what they're trying to say, I may not listen to them. We are trying to destroy that spirit in Zambia. And it's happening. Red City has come to speak this particular language in here, which is the one Zambia, one nation. Now, what we're trying to do is uh, we, we, we are promoting oneness regardless of our political affiliation. Even in our church, right now, we, we have members of different political parties. We allow them to contest. On this platform, uh, ZCP, we've got members. In fact, even the executive itself, the committee, it's formed up from different political parties, members of different political parties, and we don't have a problem with that because we know it's possible it can be done, it has been done, and it shall be done. So we want Zambia at large to experience the same love for one another, regardless of whichever political affiliation one belongs to. Okay, excellent. I will take two questions before we conclude our uh, discussion or conversation with uh, uh, Pastor Zulu here. Um, Roger, did you have any question for uh, Mam Chapoloko? Did you have a question for Pastor Zulu? Yes, I do. In fact, I've got two or three. Okay. <laughs> Number one question that I want to ask you uh -huh. is that how are you going to look at this? Because when I count on my fingers, I could maybe count five or so Christians 
aspiring as presidents of Zambia from different uh, parties, but they are Christians. How are you going to reconcile that? Because uh, you are dividing the Christians. Why can't you find a way of coming together as Christians so that you can come up with, uh, you can have a discussion and you can come up with, uh, uh, I know you have different uh, uh, whatever you want to bring in, but why can't you come up and, and, and come and choose one president? Number two, Christians, and this, I was in, in 2016, I was in Zambia. Christians do not vote. Most Christians, very few. I went around in 2016 to find out how many Christians had registered to vote. Very few. They don't vote. The people that vote are non-believers, and yeah. they are, they are, uh, they, 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 they I don't know. How, how, do you, how do you reconcile that? Now, my question is, the, the old, uh, another question is, the old uh, re, uh, voters registered uh, cards were cancelled and started, uh, they, they, they started the, uh, re- registering afresh. During this registration, there was a pandemic. And most of the people, most of us who have wanted to travel, to come to Zambia, to come and register to vote, we could not do so. My question is, how many Zambians, how many Christians, I'm talking about Christians, have registered? Yes, Christians, they pray. You pray, you pray, but praying without action, that's nothing. You can pray, 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 but if you are not, you haven't registered as a voter. Yes, you have prayed, but that is, that is nothing. Number three, the last question is, if we are talking of a Christians, um, instead of dividing Instead of dividing the vote, instead of dividing the vote, this group takes 10, this one 15 and 10 and so forth. Why can't we come together and support one Christian uh, presidential candidate? Right, yeah. Uh, let me start with the issue of uh, one Christian president. It's very true, it's a concern of everybody. Fortunate that, you know, the, the issues of power is something that one cannot really exhausted to understand why, you know, everybody wants to become a president. It would actually be a very good idea that we come together and support one president and say this one is what, uh, is who we want to become our, uh, our president, we want to vote for this one here. Now, we're speaking about the issue of alliances. In our, in our efforts, as ZCP, we are trying also to sensitize people that it's important that we come together as one family and build up Zambia. Now, allow me to say this. There is an organization that we have been working closely with, and this is called Christian Coalition. Now, what the Christian Coalition is doing is it's a, it's a, it's an organization that is formed up, uh, I think we've got bishops, we've got uh, pastors, we've got believers, so we've got people of different, uh, but Christians, they came up together and there's, uh, there's this organization that belongs to part of this. Now, the Christian coalition, what happened is that they take up an initiative. Right now, uh, the Christian coalition is also, as we're working hand in hand, is also has come up with an initiative. They call it God's Church Must Arise. They, 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 they are making efforts 
to try and sensitize a believer the importance of a believer to vote. Now, this takes me to the second question where you are saying Christians don't vote. I agree with you. I agree with you because the only thing that we do as Christians, go to the mountain, pray, and when we come down from the mountain there after praying, we find that, you know, resources, national resources have been, have been looted, and we begin to complain. We go back and find the devil. We fail to get, to jump on the platform and say, okay, this is wrong, this is right. So it's very important that believers must participate in the, in the, in the electoral process. Christians must participate in the governance system of the nation. Christians must actually take, 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 take interest in the welfare of the country. So we are making an effort to try and sensitize a Christian believer that it's very important to vote. In the next few weeks right now, I think there's an effort that is being made through the Ministry of uh, Health to try and conduct some efforts. We are working together with the uh, Christian Coalition. What we're trying to do is to sensitize people from right across the, the country and, and, and tell them the importance of a Christian vote. Now, this, these workshops will be carrying a, a title or a, a theme called The Importance of a Christian Vote. Now, we want to go into churches. We are going into different platforms, telling Christians how important it is for them to vote. I agree with you, as you have rightly said, it, that Christians don't vote. Non-believers are the ones that are voting. This is my personal experience as we go, as we've been going out to go and do mobilization here and there. I am a pastor. And you realize that you go into the outskirts there to do, to do mobilization, and the people that you find there are drunkards, and these are the people that go and vote. And, 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 and you know, you, you, are, you are obliged to probably support what they're doing. If you find them drinking, you know, that kind of... So sometimes we find ourselves in such kind of a situation where you have to, you know, understand that the people that are closer to you, to your heart, are actually those that are outside the church than the ones who are inside the church because we have misunderstood the scripture for a very quite long period of time. So now is the time that a church, the God church must arise. A believer must stand up, rise up, go and cast that vote. Uh, coming back to, as I conclude, coming back to the first yes. question of one president, mm-hmm. uh, there is an effort that is being made, I think, you know, in terms of alliances, but I think that, that is beyond my responsibility to explain how. Uh, I think parties will come together because right now, as you can see, I think they were... They were, they were just having some, some, some uh, conventions, and after the conventions, I think the parties now are putting their houses in order to prepare for the next elections. I think we'll see many more alliances coming together where people that said, okay, can we join hands, and then we vote for this one, and the running mate is going to be ABCD, and so on and so forth. I believe, I think we're getting towards there, because Zambia is a democratic country, and I think such cause is acceptable in Zambia. Final question here, uh, Pastor Zulu, as uh, we wind up our discussion, I, I believe a lot of people will agree that uh, uh, this conversation needs to continue in some way or form. Um, what, uh, what challenges are you facing in your campaign? What, what are the major challenges you face on your campaign? Because like you've rightly pointed out, you find people drinking I don't think you are going to dish out alcohol. Your Christian values or principles don't agree with that. What, is, what are some of the challenges you are facing on your campaign as we wind up our discussion? 
Yeah, there are a lot of them. A lot of a lot of challenges that we go through. Uh, number one, of course, uh, when we talk about the culture, it's one of the things as a believer you have to find because there's a thin line between the culture and the Christian faith. So sometimes you have to make sure that you balance between the two. And in the process of doing that, sometimes it becomes quite very difficult because others may not understand you and they may think you are actually compromised your calling. This is what normally happens. So we are being labeled in that way there. And then secondly, uh, I think one of the major things that we go through and experience as we are doing mobilization, running up campaigns, let me speak now for Christians in general. Uh, we, we, in terms of resources, this is where the challenge comes from, uh, comes in because we find ourselves when we go back to the church, the church doesn't have money to support. Let's try to compare with our Muslim brothers. The Islamic faith, these people, they support one another. And if Pastor mm-hmm. Zulu is a Muslim and he wants to stand as a member of parliament, the Muslim community will put all their efforts together, their resources together, and mm-hmm. support this Islamic uh, candidate because they know when he gets into parliament, he'll be supporting laws or enforcing laws that will support their faith. But the Christians, like you know, the previous scholar said, uh, they are not. They, they are not there. They are in the mountains instead of voting or yeah, even supporting. So we need we need people to come together. We need Christian believers to say, you know what, Zulu? Here is here is here is a donation for this and that. Here is so we want to come together and and and, and support one another. We, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day. I said, I'll come to church and preach. Immediately after preaching, I want to collect an offering for my campaigns in there. But that was just a joking statement. But in reality, this is one of the things that is suffocating Christian believers in, you know, in the mobilization process. As a result, they end up taking a back seat because of such kind of challenges. And so we don't see a lot of participants you know, uh, actively participating in the campaign. Now, here's somebody who has you know, come from somewhere else, has got money, and just dishes out money. By the way, you understand the African politics is all about money. You can speak so well and articulate your vision and your uh, manifesto, but if you don't give them something, then they will not vote for you. Mm-hmm. So that is the thing. So we have a challenge here, and I'm making an appeal uh, to everybody to say the Zambian church needs your support. Mm, excellent. Mr. Uh, Modlaza, before, before you, you wind up, I've got very, one very important question. Briefly, yes, ma'am, we've run out of time, yes. The pastor here is talking of um, mobilizing and uh, sensitizing. Isn't it too late? Because if you want to open up the registration, most Christians yeah. have registered for, to vote. So isn't that too late? Be, yeah. be, well, Mr. Zoro, before you respond, I have a comment to make on that. Before you respond, I have a program announcement to make here. And I want everybody here listening, uh, looking forward to you all to participate and get involved. Tomorrow at 2100 hours Zambian time, 2 p.m. Eastern in, uh, uh, in the central Dallas, those of you that are in the central Dallas area, and 7 p.m. in uh, UK, we are having a, I'm having a virtual event. We're calling it a season to blossom. Okay, Dr. Victoria Scott, um, Dr. Pastor Anne Shambluna, Chisala in South Africa, and Bishop Jin Chama will be our speakers 
Join us tomorrow. It will be live on Facebook, 2 p.m. Central, and we're looking forward to having everybody to encourage you based on these things you're doing. Pastor Zulu, uh, we have run out of time. There is this, the flyer for everybody to speak. Uh, in case you haven't had the information that I've spread, you can go back and look at that as we, as we do this. Uh, Pastor Zulu, one of the issues that, uh, what do you call it, like Mam Chapaloko has said here, the voter registration is already done, and yes. all you have to do now is to campaign and get as many people as possible to participate. Uh, we do thank you for, but we shall continue this conversation. Your founder, the president, didn't make it. Mrs. Chulu had technical issues. We thank you for taking the time to be with us, but please uh, get as many members on your side and uh, join us next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Excellent. We shall take a break and we'll come back to open forum. Uh, is doing as far as uh, the crypto 
our community. Okay. Gentlemen, Brian uh, in Delaware, welcome. Lady, uh, welcome. Um, Patrick, uh, welcome. Um, yeah, Lady, you, you are the, the, the first one here who, who should uh, actually talk to us about uh, uh, this language. <laughs> we don't, a lot of us don't understand. Right. No, a lot of uh, Africans, I think we don't participate in the stock market because the language which is spoken there, it is not plain English. Can I get rich? My first question. Uh, can I get rich investing uh, in, in the stock market? Oh, um, absolutely. Um, okay. As you say, previously, before I got into the stock market, I used to watch uh, Bloomberg TV. And oh. we'll talk about basis points and all these things and S&Ps. And I'm like, what, what, what are these guys talking about? But I realized anybody can be an investor. My grandmother back home can be an investor. In, investment is just about conviction. It is just about, you know, I know I can buy this thing at $5 and for whatever reasons you have, for whatever convictions you have, I can be able to sell it at $7. It's just like buying a mango or an orange and, and yeah. selling it. So whatever conviction someone has for uh, buying the stock, I, also, I really believe that anybody out there can be an investor if they, they, really, they really want to. So it's, yes, in the media, it's a bit complicated with the terms they use. But just putting it simply, it's, it's just a matter of buying and selling. <laughs> uh, why then do you think we shy away? I was talking to Brian yesterday uh, that uh, the marketers have made it so easy for, for me to go and spend money at the mall. And yet I have to like, spin my head if I want to put money on the, on the stock exchange. Why do you think? It, it seems like a very, very tough uh, and, a thing, especially, I don't know really about the, uh, white people. People of color, we are not very friendly, uh, so uh, very, very friendly. Absolutely. And as I say, I, I was also shy of investing because I did not, I, at first I thought I did not understand the language, which, which I did not, yeah. you know. So, so back, back in the days, like a couple years ago, let's say 20, 30 years back, it was almost investment, investing was almost like reserved for like a game for the rich. So especially for us Africans, we thought uh, that's a playground we, we cannot play there because of the terms they were using, because of the schools maybe they went to, you know. But now with, with, um, as the world has turned into a global village and now we can get information on YouTube and platforms like uh, the, the ones you have. Yeah, right. We can get all this information, and it's you know it's been made so easy. You know, right. anybody anywhere can access information in a click of a button. And if if you you're following the the news recently, there was a, um, I don't know if you know the the website Reddit. You know now Reddit, young, yeah. young guys, yeah, yeah, young guys are, are up, yeah, young guys are yeah. forming up groups and and you know giving out information and and investing. So. 
I think previously for us as Africans, it was almost like reserved as a game for the rich. But now that information is out there, anybody who is interested, anyone can invest. You and I will be introducing um, uh, stock options. I think, yeah, stock options. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a mm-hmm. Starting tomorrow, uh, the mm-hmm. same time for 30 minutes, we'll be talking about uh, the, the market. Stock options, right. we'll talk about stocks, we'll talk about bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Misho, I just bought you my first bond yesterday. So mm-hmm. I think Misho is listening here. Yeah, give us this small introduction about um, stock uh, options. Uh, wh- why stock options? Why not stocks? Why not bonds? Why are you why are you investing in uh, options? Um, okay, so I, I when I started investing, the, the first the first thing probably everybody starts with is stock because it's the uh, it's almost the easiest. It's it's um, I'm, I'm buying A. At, at a certain price, I'm selling it when it goes up, right? right. But it, it, it came to a point, uh, I will come across options here and there in videos, people talking about it, but it, as you say, it sounded complicated, and, and which, which is not, because options are just basically, to put it simply, insurance, insurance on a stock. So if you have, uh, say, Apple stock, and, and you think in the near future, uh, due to market volatility, uh, Apple stock will go down. You just get insurance on your on your investment. So, it, it, um, for example, if you spend a thousand dollars to buy the Apple stock, you can get insurance for a hundred dollars uh, or or two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. Right. So it might limit a little bit your profit, but you you you're guaranteed. It's just like um, taking an insurance on a car. So options, we, we can go a lot into detail because there are cover yeah. options, there are naked yeah. options. Yeah. But I mostly, I mostly trade uh, naked options, which, uh, just to put it simply, instead of buying a stock, I buy an option. Right. And options are cheaper, and they can be a little uh, riskier, but yeah. they have a huge, huge opportunity. Usually 10 if you win, if you win. They usually 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, tell, tell, tell someone, as we, as we, uh, a very picky here, tell mm-hmm. someone listening to the show why they should join us tomorrow at uh, 11 a.m., what things we are going to be, when we start to go deep, um, right. what, what's there for them? What is there for Anakazi here? I'll do that. Yeah. A lot in store. Because the, the first op- opportunity with options, as, mm-hmm. as, as you said, uh, most most of our, our African people don't trade in stocks because we believe it's expensive, right? Options right. gives you the opportunity to to diversify your portfolio with uh, with little capital. So that's the first that's the first thing I would tell them: yo, join and 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 listen up. There's there's a lot of good things in store because you can be able to get your feet in the water and and start from there. Yeah. Yeah. So can, can you can you go over what you know put options are just quickly for options right and yeah and stuff like that. Okay, so just to put it simply, Brian, call option is is almost like the way we buy stock. Call you you're making a call that this price will go up. So if it goes up, 
you know, you make your profit. Put options is, is like shorting a stock. You're saying this price will <laughs> go down. So if yeah. the price goes down, you make your money. So simply that's, that's pretty much what it means. It's just almost like buying a stock, but now in this case, we are buying options. So options are a bit, uh, the advantage of them is they are a bit cheaper than buying the stock. So your profit, stock. your profit opportunity is way higher than buying a, a normal uh, regular stock. And then can you just tell the, the, the audience how many um, stocks are in one contract of every option? How many? I say, uh, ask that again, bro. How many, many contracts? Well, each contract of, a, of an option has how many shares of stocks? Oh, oh, sorry. So one, one contract has 100, um, has 100, it's bundled in 100. So if we say one in options, it's 100. If uh, you're buying two contracts, that means you have a bundle of uh, 200. So they come in bundles of uh, 100. Okay. So tomorrow uh, uh, we'll be here back at 11, the same, same time. We'll be... Please uh, speak. Make sure you speak in English. Don't, don't speak in this stock market. <laughs> Bring it to, to the... Uh, to the you know, so that we don't run away. We really want to, to be part of part of this. Um, yeah, that's that, that's my game. Let, let, let me go to uh, Gilbert. Gilbert is in. Where, where are you, Gilbert? I know you're in Nigeria, but where are you in Nigeria? You're on mute. Okay, I am in Calabar, Nigeria. Calabar, Calabar, uh, uh, tell us as, um, as it relates to either Lagos or uh, what's the capital city now? I've forgotten. Abidjan, Abidjan. The, ca- the capital Abidjan. city of Nigeria. Yeah, Abuja. Abuja, yeah. Tell us how Okay, I should tell you about the capital city. No, no, in, no, terms no, of, no. in terms of the distance, how far the distance you from where you are? Where you are? How far from Lagos or Abuja? From Lagos, I am quite yeah. far from Lagos. I I stay in the the border part of uh, Nigeria. We are close to Cameroon, by the Atlantic Ocean. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's actually uh, beautiful yeah. and a full. Yeah, you, you told me some good stories. I, I hope you join yeah. us on uh, on Sunday too. Uh, very very quickly, Gilbert. Tell us how the crypto community, uh, especially in Nigeria, uh, I see Nigeria and Kenya are very aggressive as far as uh, this crypto thing is concerned. How, how are you doing, you, you guys? Uh, and that you are away from the main cities, and yet uh, it seems uh, uh, like you were telling me the community is coming up, the crypto, okay. crypto community. Okay, there are different communities in Nigeria. Typically, mm-hmm. you will tend to find more of a educative uh, communities that teaches people how to invest in the cryptocurrency market. You could also okay. find other communities that teach you how to trade. That is investing is more like going on the long term into the market while trading is taking advantage of the short term price swing that takes place in the market. You will also find communities of builders, that is entrepreneurs who are building on the blockchain technology. You'll find mm-hmm. communities as well. You will also find uh, 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 that is big companies 
that are trying to have access to the Nigerian market. We are also building yeah. communities here. But basically, what you tend to see more of Nigerians do in the market is we come in as traders and we also come in as investors. Uh, talking to you now, there are great uh, blockchain entrepreneurs that are building also on the blockchain technology. So I, I believe as a nation, we are really, the youth are really invested in the cryptocurrency market as I talk to you, either as traders, investors, or community managers. Because uh, you don't really need money to start making money in the market. What you need is the right knowledge and make yourself resourceful. I like they that. There are companies all over the world. These are billion-dollar companies that are looking for ways to assess given markets. So okay. if you're a resourceful person, okay. if you're a resourceful person, you could manage their communities and they, are, they pay you well. So okay. typically, Nigerians are heavily vested in the okay. market. Right so now. I'll, I'll, I'll give you more time tomorrow, uh, uh, but I hope you, you join us at the same, at the same time. Uh, please join us tomorrow. We'll, we'll go a little bit deeper. So we just wanted to give uh, our, our viewers, our listeners, what they should expect when we start our, um, uh, our investors' lounge uh, uh, tomorrow. Thank you for, for joining. Your, your network is good and everything, but I'm being told my time is up. I need to go to the next segment. I need to go to the next segment. Thank you, Gil, but you can stay along and see uh, what is uh, happening. Happening. Going next, we are going to look at the young innovators uh, in Africa. What are the young innovators uh, are doing? Patrick, how are you, my brother? You are on mute. I'm doing just fine, Roger. How are you? Yeah. How is, uh, you're in Toronto, right? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So Patrick and I are going to look at uh, the younger innovators uh, in, uh, in in Africa. It is uh, a struggle. The ecosystem in Africa it is uh, a struggle. How can we be of help? So before we go uh, in the deep or in the dive, uh, we'll see a small video of Yang Do. Yang, what is his name? Kelvin Do from Liberia is um, a young uh, innovator there, and then Patrick and I. We dive in and uh, uh, do some uh, discussion. Uh, let me see if my technology help me. Okay, here we go. He made his own FM station because he wanted to give voice to the youth. He made his own generator because he needed it. The generator supply current to the radio station. This is the capacitor, and uh, this is the spark plug. This tree was his first time leaving his family's home. It's his first time leaving Sierra Leone. And it's tough, but it's an opportunity to create the future that he wants to live in. I'm from Sierra Leone. I'm a PhD student at the MIT Media Lab, where we have unlimited creative freedom. I wanted to ensure that young people like Kelvin also had this experience. For quite many years, Sierra Leone and many other African countries received aid 
but it does not necessarily get us anywhere. We are not looking into the future. We are not designing our own future. Unless we have a host of young people who can think at any given point that here's a challenge, this is a problem, or it's an opportunity to solve it, there won't be a steep growth in, uh, in national development. If we have a radio station in my community, the people can be able to debate about issues affecting our community and see our as a whole. I first met Kelvin at the Summer Innovation Camp that I run in Sierra Leone that challenges kids to think about the toughest problems in their community and have them solve it. Kelvin's team applied to build an FM radio station for community empowerment. And people listen religiously to his radio station. People text into his show and he reads the text from people. It's very inspirational. Calvin has been in the United States for the past two weeks. I lined up a pretty busy uh, schedule for him. First, we went to New York. The next day, we went to Cambridge. Next week, we have a talk with the president of Harvard University. It's a big opportunity for me to learn from people who have experience and to meet with them. How do you want the antenna? Like that? Yeah. All right. Calvin has these RF transmitters that he has made, and we spent yesterday kind of trying to figure out how we might be able to make some improvements. So use this as a power cable. Okay. This was a microphone wire converted to a power output. I got the, the cable from the dust. <laughs> Give it some audio. Cool. We kind of get trapped in our own little world. And just as Calvin is getting his world expanded by coming here, so am I getting my world expanded by interacting with him. Good work, man. Yeah. <laughs> For Calvin, his biggest challenge is going to be the scarcity of the materials and the information once it goes back. Here, you can go in and pick up a resistor or whatever I want. He now understands that there are many people who don't have to pick up it, so he has to go back. Whatever thing I've, I've learned, yeah, I will share it with my friends, colleagues, loved ones, and do it as a team. He's done an amazing work, but that's just the beginning. My next intention will be a for people to use when I appreciate and surprise. I want there to be many more Kelvin. I do not want this to be a one of thing. It's a movement. How do we create? thousands of young people who are inspired by making stuff and solving the problems that are in their neighborhood. That is my aim, to promote innovation in Sierra among young people. <laughs> so that is the Kelvin door. It says, uh, um, uh, Patrick, you want uh, to promote uh, innovation. What was your take, um, uh, Patrick, first and foremost, when you watched that video? Um, I think when I watched the video, you know, number one, kudos to the young man. I think one of yeah. the one of the things I saw when I watched the video was that, or one of the things I thought was that it didn't surprise me that this is more common than probably most people think with young people. <laughs> when we look at this, when we look at Calvin and we look at his situation, um, I think we have to look at it more broadly first. We kind of have to unpack it because he's just one 
of many, many, many thousands of young people exactly on the on the continent who need help. So this one person getting having some um, some assistance is great, and that's a wonderful thing. But uh, with the current situation in Africa, with the youth population growing, um, it's just you know the need is going to grow, and is the infrastructure there to support it? I, I don't. I don't think currently it is, but um, if you allow me to unpack this a little bit, I All think right. where there's a little bit more opportunity and some challenges with this. So um, there was a study done years ago um, on newborn cognitive skills. Mm-hmm. Cognitive skills included recognition, reaction skills for infants, and for um um, um, just young children. Um, and what was found was they went around the world, these are white scientists, and I, and I don't have this study in front of me, but they went around the world and they did these studies and they found that children on the continent scored highest out of any other infants in the world. And when they got a little older, at nine months old, African infants displayed a precocity for motor, uh, like gross motor development and fine motor reach and grab paths and things like that. So what was found was that the, the, the infants, the newborns, as well as the young children on the continent actually have an advantage over every other <laughs> newborn in the entire world. They have a natural advantage. Mm. Um, somewhere between... Now, forget the ages. There's somewhere between, I think, the ages of uh, three and five, right. that advantage starts to go down, right? Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this means that the, the, the African child has actually a natural head start. Now, if you couple that, the World Economic Forum report says that by 2050, two of every five children born in the world will be in, will be in Africa. That's two out of every child born on this planet will be African. Mm-hmm. Um, they also wrote the world's population is growing, but it is in Africa where this challenge is particularly acute. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to pay attention to how they phrase that. Okay. But the, the, the population in other areas is going down while the population in Africa is In Africa, it's going up, yeah. So they don't see that as a shift or just, you know, a natural occurrence. They see it as a challenge. Now, why would they use that word? Why would it be a challenge? And we won't. Mm-hmm. There's something to think about. So the current situation is that the children have amazing potential, uh, and many of which have like a natural curiosity, like which fuels interest and it fuels ideas, right? Um, but in order for these growing number of African children to reach their potential, they're going to need some things. <laughs> um, they're going to need, number one, a progressive education, one okay. that's tailored to the unique abilities of the African child. Now, why do I say unique ability? Because if a child has a natural head start, then they cannot take on the education of a child who doesn't have that same head start. Mm-hmm. They need an, a, an education that fits their capacity to learn. So 
Do they need a Western education? No. They need an African education that's catered to their potential. So if you go into a situation where a child comes to the West, now he's on the timetable of the children that live in that country. But that may not be the timetable that he should be following. Maybe he should not be in school at five. Maybe he should be in school at four. And what happens is because you're delaying, you're on somebody else's timetable, you could potentially be retarding the growth of the right. right, right, right. Russian education is needed. Employment opportunities are needed because it, it's a motivating factor. So to see other older, when they see older youth and young adults, you know, making it in certain um, um, occupations and doing well and that kind of thing. It's a motivating factor. So as they get older, they say, okay, this is what I want to do. They also yeah. need financial infrastructure, which supports schools, programs, loans, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing, I'll just let me just say this. Yeah. Investment infrastructure, and that's where I want to go. That's where this conversation is. Um, yeah, remember, your, your, our time is very, very short. But go ahead. Uh, this is an infrastructure that will facilitate the exposure of, like, youth projects, like what Calvin is doing and things like that. So there needs to be an infrastructure to support that investment. Uh, how very, very quickly, very quickly, how can we, uh, there is uh, that man I didn't get his name, um, members of the diaspora, people back home, uh, how can we tap into a lot of these Kelvins we have, uh, uh, either girls or the, the, the boys? How, how do we help them? I know you've talked about infrastructure. We need to build some, some infrastructure to help them. But on the community level, on the small basis, very, very quickly, uh, um, Patrick, how, how do you think we can help? That man who is at MIT, he has an academy in Liberia. Uh, which uh, helps to find this kind of talent. Uh, to the other African listening to the show this, this morning, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe this is some of the things we should be thinking about. How, how do you build an infrastructure? Just to, to, to be brief, Yeah, you can build an online infrastructure, a website. Think of things like um, GoFundMe. But expand that out to include transparency, accountability, project management. Okay. I like that risk management and communication. And then you have like that. then you have a, a way that you can audit. Now the investor feels safe giving their money and putting their money into a project in Africa because all those things are available. Okay. So uh, I hope you'll be available, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, in, in the weeks to come because we, we, we want to target all these uh, young uh, African innovators uh, across Africa, across the continent, we'll be looking for them, and every uh, every week we'll be examining uh, the, these uh, um, uh, uh, young innovators and see maybe uh, someone out there can be motivated. Uh, Kelvin, young Kelvin, though made it to the US MIT, I was uh, invited, so uh, probably we can uh, begin to do the the tip. So thank you, my friend, Apache. Uh, I uh, hope you'll be available. I'll be sending you videos for young innovators. We'll be doing some more studies as we go and see if we can do the case to support them. Absolutely, Roger. And if anyone yeah. needs 
a business model for that type of platform that should exist, I have a, a kind of a crude business model that I can Okay. Do. Okay. Well, make sure you come with it next week. Um, uh, I'll bring you back to, to look at the young uh, innovators. Coming up next is Travel and Trade Africa. I like that. Uh, it's not just to travel Africa, but travel and trade. Anaka has uh, suggested. So we want to look at um, um, the Africa continental free trade area is beginning to open up. And yet we don't know some of these countries. Uh, what's up with that? How are we going to trade without knowing what they need in Togo, what they need in Malawi? Uh, so that is uh, what we are going to be doing on this uh, segment. Uh, travel and trade Africa. Anakazi, welcome. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. How is he? New York. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Anakazi, we have a very interesting uh, segment to be running on the uh, ZBTR. I hope you become a permanent resident here as well, uh, just to look at uh, travel and trade uh, into a lot of these places. But before we, we say it, we are thinking we should know them, you know. We should uh, begin to visit some of these places. Absolutely. Yeah. So today we are beginning with Algeria, the country of Algeria, uh, wherever Nathan is. Uh, we are beginning with the country of Algeria. We look at the video, and then we will discuss um, either this is Algeria Union, and then we go to the, uh, to the main idea of uh, opening up the people-to-people uh, relationships, the people-to-people uh, visitation. Uh, let's, see, let's look at this video of Algeria. I actually went further. Um, like you said, it's about knowing the country. So I did yes. a little bit of reading, a little bit of research on Algeria. Yeah. I made a few discoveries. And the first one was, uh, you know, I didn't know Ben Bella was the first president of of uh, Algeria. Algeria. Yeah, we, have a, we have a street in Zambia called Ben Bella Road, right? We just know oh, it's wow. 
Well, I just, I didn't, I didn't really think of, well, I didn't even know, actually. Let me not say anything more than that. I didn't know he was the first friend. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, I, you know, just the history as well, uh, the infrastructure. Just looking at the video, uh, yeah. you know, they have solid infrastructure, most of it French, uh, you know, because of the French colonization. And I believe at some point, a fifth of the population was uh, European. Um, and we, all that influence they brought along with them. They lived, oh. in, yeah, they lived in Algeria for a long time until I think soon after independence. Then they started going back to where, wherever they came from. I think most of them went to France, yeah, Spain. Um, so I think just just you can tell just from the from the video that they, they those structures are still there. Some of them yeah. are, in fact, some of them are now a heritage sites um, as named by UNESCO. And, um, uh, yeah, so I think you, you see that from that video. But then some of the things we're not seeing in the video is just their culture. Uh, you can see every corner of, of, of the streets. They have bread, bread, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they sell bread. I, I wonder that this is So they have bread yeah. at every corner of the street. Yeah. And in soccer, soccer, I didn't really read much about the history, where they get that from, but every yeah. corner of the street, their kids playing soccer. You know, wow. uh, it's just like Zambia. So um, that's yeah. something. That, and, and I think sport, what I notice is that you won't really see a lot of girls playing outside, like back home, you know. <laughs> it's, it's a nice thing, right? But then it's just the boys. They're <laughs> playing outside. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think, you know, that's what I, that's my, that was my first impression of uh, watching those videos. Also, some of the videos I saw, like I see, uh, it is the, uh, how, okay, the, the girls are probably not uh, playing, not, not so much outside. But when you look at some of the videos uh, in town, they seem to be very free people, you, you, you know? Uh, they're not like, they wear all those things. No, I, they, they are there. Yeah, I was, Just mostly T-shirts, casual wear. I didn't even yeah. see that traditional uh, um, Arabic or Muslim environment. Oh, Muslim thing, yeah. yeah. No, no, none of that. Yeah, I was... Yeah, the bigger question, though, Anakazi, how do we... I always call Anakazi. Anyway. Yeah. How do we get Africans, we Africans, to start um, traveling to other African countries? Imagine, at my age, I've never been to Congo, and not because, um, but no one had put that interest, number one, in me. Number two, I'm scared to go to Congo. And last time I went to, very near to Congo, Kasumba, Yeah, they wanted me to go inside. I said, no, I can't go there. I won't come out. <laughs> the one time I went to Zimbabwe, I was passing through for business going to, to South Africa. But the reason that, Thing where you are in New York, where you put a, a vivid basket, I'm going to go to Philadelphia, I'm going to go to Delaware, I'm going to go here. We don't have that in Africa. I guess if you look at history, right, um, you have to look at the road network. How, is, how easy was it for us to just get from one, one yeah. field to another, That's big. right? Mm. Um, the, the road infrastructure needs, needs work. If you look uh, even on Algeria, they are opening up their road infrastructure. <laughs> all the bordering countries, Tunisia, Mali, 
um, I'm not sure if Cameroon is one of them, but there are several countries around there. They have this huge network. It's three lanes on each side, and their goal is to open up the mm. economy. Uh, yeah. In the past, Algeria was um, very socialist. They didn't encourage any foreign um, investment into the country. Uh, now they're moving towards that. So it's by government being intentional about it mm. and opening up to their neighbors. We are landlords. We don't have a choice, right? Um, we, we have to open up to, to our borders because we don't have our advantage as a matter of fact. Right, and we don't have access to a port, so we ha we have to be friendly to our neighbors to get some water <laughs> <laughs> access to them. Have to be nice. Right, you have to be nice. So I think when you improve uh, the road infrastructure, that's one way. Uh, even when you look at uh, Zambia at the moment, we have access to um, Tanzania and so forth. But the, I think the shortest distance to the port is somewhere in Mozambique. But the road again needs to be fixed. It's, it's bad. So I think if we open up that side, we open up tourism also to that side, right? Or that's uh, exchange of trade with, with uh, Mozambique. So and then look at uh, Congo. Congo, you can't even cross. Um, they can't even cross within their own country. They can't they come to Zambia, right? They yeah. come to Zambia. We used to do clearing for Lubumbashi because it was closer for them to clear through Zambia instead of coming from Kinshasa. A flight from Zambia to Kinshasa. You have to go to Ethiopia. From Ethiopia, you go to, to Congo. So we only have a major port in, in Ethiopia and, and Kenya, connecting all these different countries from the north, south, and east, and west. So I think if we open up a little bit more, then we have more connections. But I'm interested in seeing how the African uh, continental free trade area is going to be interconnected from country to country. Because right. if the north connects, the east connects the west and south, then you have some way of tapping into yeah. these networks. It doesn't have to be one road from Cairo to, to Johannesburg, but it can be some kind of connection. Connection, the network. Within yeah. the network, yes. Yeah. So that's, I'm interested in seeing that. What, what about it? That, that's a general interest. Uh, of the African countries marketed themselves, someone seated in Angola, we have we given them reason? Uh, yeah, I think the, the infrastructure problem you talked about is huge. I think it puts off a lot of people. But even the natural, that's the interest for someone to uh, come to Zambia. Yeah. How do we change the narrative? The narrative. Yeah. How do we speak well of each other? How do we yeah. market ourselves? Yeah. How do we, who is who is telling the story, right? Um, if everything is about war in Sudan, South Sudan, then it's going to just be about yeah. But when you watch these videos that are done by fellow Africans, they're saying, wait, wait a minute. Is this what we're missing? I didn't realize South Sudan is just going on about their business like any other African country. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. It's there and it's uh, yeah. fun. They have water. In fact, they have access to the River Nile. So, so much goes on there. They're, making, they're trying to make it a little bit more exciting for the young people to hang out on the Nile. So, yeah. there's so many things. So many, even when you go to Zanzibar, beautiful in Zanzibar, right? Um, Seychelles is exploited, right? Because everybody yeah. from, the, from Europe used to go there. But you go to Zanzibar, beautiful in Zanzibar. Uh, so, again, to, to your point, we have to just find ways of uh, 
sharing more about each of these countries and uh, put, just like what you're doing here now. Uh, yeah. I, I would not have thought about reading about Algeria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just, well, I'm, I wasn't that interested. But now I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> now I want no, to. No, and based on what you, what you have found out, probably yes. now it's going to be on your list if you yes. want to go. Yes. So next week, Anakaz, if you are ready, please come back. We'll be looking at Angola, our next door uh, neighbor. We'll be looking at Angola in this uh, uh, segment. What is going on there? Uh, the only part of Angola I know is the one near to my home village. Can I say one little thing before we start? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just to touch on what they talked about on stock options, uh, I think uh, those who are employed by publicly traded companies that offer stock options, that's another way of investing. You okay. can get stock options that usually discounted, in fact, discounted stock as well as stock options. So most startup companies use that to um, attract talent. They also yeah. use that to work with top consultants who they can afford to pay, so they can use uh, stock options as a way to pay uh, if they don't have a cash flow. So that's one thing. And then for the innovation, uh, last week or two weeks ago, we had an innovation summit, a youth summit in Zambia, um, which was hosted by Anakazi, and we um, we worked with a group of youth, and the youth were divided up into three 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 groups: agriculture, climate change, and then health and education. They were asked to um, come up with ideas, and they all came back with very good ideas, which were pitched in front of uh, expert judges. Oh wow! And, um, but what we did, we rallied other people to sponsor their ideas so that when they yeah. win, they, they don't walk away with nothing. So all the three groups want something, and they will stay in the Anakazi Business Incubator. So I'm interested in learning from, I think it's Stephen, um, about his business, I think his model, online model. His model is, is Yes, but we keep yeah. them in the incubator. We don't want them to go off now with the money and it ends there. We have to take okay. those ideas to the next level. So there's uh, quite a few smart young people. They need that support, and, and they need the infrastructure to build these ideas on. So that's okay. why. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Anakazi. Uh, please uh, come back next week. Uh, those kids that your incubators will be inviting them. I think you will be featuring uh, uh, those. Yeah, we should be. That will be awesome. That will be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's be marketing. That will be one way of investing and helping them, what we were talking about. Thank you so much, Anakazi. Coming up next on the lighter note. Uh, this thing is going so fast, Anakazi, I don't know. On the lighter note, we are going to look at the entertainment industry in Zambia with my, my good friend, Josiah. Uh, Josiah, welcome. Welcome. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you. We can hear you, my brother. Uh, can you see you me? Nice and bright. I don't know. Water. That's where you live. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, 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 good. So in our segment here on the lighter note, at the end of, um, uh, so I'm losing your mic. So just make sure you hold on. Okay. Nice and straight and yeah. We we we, we shall be uh, looking at uh, entertainment uh, in industry in, in in Zambia. So Chasaya, yeah. So. Just, <laughs> I advise people when you have your phone or everything, just put it. Yeah, everything doesn't seem to be working today. 
Yeah, leave it alone, and it will be nice to you when it comes uh, up uh, live. Okay. So, we'll be, every week, Tatai and I will be bringing up uh, a nice, good uh, story, a nice, good song. Uh, Tatai being a musician, he will um, uh, say something about that. But overall, we want to talk about the entertainment industry in Zambia, especially the, the music part. Uh, so, Tatai, what do we have for our uh, listeners, those who will be joining us? Well, today, our, um, I think our, our interest for me, I was fairly touched about the music of this young artist called Dave. Okay. And unfortunately, my introduction to him was very brief because a few days after I discovered him on YouTube, um, yeah. following weekend, it was on a Thursday when I discovered him on YouTube. And then mm-hmm. on the weekend, on the Monday, we got the news that uh, he had passed on. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it was quite grieving because you then look at other songs that he did. Yeah. It's just yeah. amazing, the kind amazing. of breath, the depth. Yeah. That why, why don't we play his song, and then we, we go in the deep and look at uh, this young man, and we look at the, uh, the, the entertainment uh, industry uh, in, in Zambia. Uh, you and I have been talking uh, a lot about uh, the entertainment in, in, in Zambia, how that our views, uh, say for instance, the music views in Zambia, very few musicians have a million uh, views on YouTube. And yet small countries like Botswana, Lesotho, have someone with 10 million views, 24 million views. I'm like, what's up with that? But uh, this song uh, is calling uh, 1.3 million. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Dave. Let's listen to the song, and then we'll discuss, we'll talk about it. On the other, on the, on the, on the, on the other side. Never be
we'll, we'll stop there. If you like the song, we'll go to YouTube, uh, search for Dave. Uh, it's never been easy. That is uh, the title of uh, the song. Uh, the first uh, 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 observation, I don't know if it's an observation, that I asked a question. What, what was your observation of uh, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a very brilliant song, and I think even with the video, the time together, uh, most people can relate to that song. It's, really, it's just about love and the difficulty, yeah. <laughs> and the difficulty of love. So, yeah. so when he says uh, it's never been easy, you know, when I'm, uh, you know, and I'm trying my nyanja best, you know, that, that, you know, and you look at the video where he starts, he's, you know, he's selling... Uh, greens the at the market, knows. and yeah. then this young lady comes with the mother, and yeah. eventually the young lady gets interested in him, and you know she, she gets out, passes her number to him, and says, "Call me," you know. Yeah. That's instant love right there, and then eventually they begin to to talk, to converse, and you can see the excitement of love. But that love, of course, has constraints, and you can see his background, seemingly from a poor background, because he's selling vegetables at the market. And she yeah. comes from well-to-do family. And right there is a barrier where, obviously, as parents, they want you, they want their daughters to date a serious, seemingly serious guys. <laughs> and, you know, same with, with boys. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah, that's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think when now he's talking about what they have been through, he goes on to say what they've been through. It's never been easy. And now he's reminiscing later on what they've achieved. And you can see them in, in the house, you know, just like two love I, I love so much. Yeah. And they're together. And that's just yeah. a triumph of love, and I think most people can relate to that. Um, as the mother in that in, in that video, she's so mean. Yes. I, I don't, it, I don't, it, it's so typical that like you can see like she's like no, you can't have my daughter. And at times it may not be the mother; it may be the father. You know, so yeah. it's, it's really. I think most people can relate to that. Yeah. I, I certainly can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Now, let, let's go to the greater uh, uh, question, uh, therefore. Why, Chasaya, do you think our videos are not doing as good, the Zambian uh, uh, musicians? Why are they not doing as good? I think, in my opinion, there, there, there are many reasons. But one that comes to me is just also about being intentional on how you, you market your music. Uh, social media has come and it, yeah, I think yeah, the intention of it because these things don't just happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everything has to yeah. be planned, or at least you have to work towards towards them. So, okay, you know, uh, do you have a social media presence? Do you have people who handle you? Like, how can you extend your reach? And, and I think yeah. um, it's really about getting ourselves out there. So it really starts from the the artist handlers. Uh, because I think most of us, or, or if you don't know, you think that as an artist, as long as you're a singer, you can rap, for instance, and that's it, you know, but there's it, a bigger punch to it. And I think as we know, yeah. uh, once you become an artist, you also have to become known, because that's the other bit. And when you become yeah. known, the other drivers, that uh, music, by its very nature, art, needs other people to, to see you. And so it's that exposure bit that we haven't done as well, and there are many facets to marketing appearances. So the more presence you have, either through video or social media, radio <clears> appearances, <throat> so somebody else hears you for the first time. You know, they introduce you to somebody else on Instagram. So it's just an extension. Like we have to be very intentional 
Um, yeah. There's stuff, things are going well, but you just need to do a lot more. And that's where I feel people like you, as I'm a local radio with a presence here on the diaspora side, can work hand in hand with our folks back at home to, to extend, like, what else can we tap into? What else can exactly. we extend? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a brief answer to a very complex uh, problem. But Special, I think we can, uh, yeah, we can uh, work uh, towards uh, it. It's not yeah, insurmountable. Yeah. I was also thinking, Josiah, uh, probably, just probably, maybe we'll start looking at uh, making some uh, intentional partnerships you talked about. South, South Africans, they've done very well. I mean, like this, this video we, we just watched, it has uh, the emotional aspect. It, it, it has the entertainment aspect to it. Precisely. A lot of our music uh, back home, I listen to Tanzanian boys listening. I don't understand the language. They have 24 million. You are entertained. And you, you, know, you want to watch it again and again and again. Our Zambian videos are not like that. Again, it, it, it's intention. And I think, um, you know, what I love is we're being very critical about this. So we're being real to ourselves and with the hope that we, we improve ourselves. Because I think when we, when we speak to these uh, seemingly lack of uh, touch, so to speak, we want to improve ourselves as Zambians. So, uh, and I do hope that our colleagues on the other side, whoever, see this criticism as being very true. Because we're also... We're so proud. Like, you see Dave, you know, I remember seeing those days. You see JK playing with R. Kelly. We feel proud. So that's what we want to see. It's really about improving ourselves. And, uh, uh, yes, to your point, videos also have to be intentional. You want to be entertained. You see some of the moves. You don't even understand the language, but it's the arrangement. It's the vocals. Sometimes not people <clears> singing. The instrumentals, they just hit you. You want to dance along to it, whatever you're doing. You know, in Zambia, we say, that's the way you feel it. So even if you know you're cooking here, <laughs> so you're to hear the beat, you just shake your body a bit, you know, and I think that's how our videos should be. So we are, work, you know, we're, we're getting there. I think that's a positive thing. Most people are listening now. They're watching. They understand that this is real business, but it's also good business, too. It's good business. I mean, America, a lot of us know America. Through the musicians, uh, yes. uh, the Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson of this yes. world. Yeah, Prince. Uh, yeah. You, know. you know, we didn't have the internet, but at least you knew uh, Michael Jackson was, uh, was there. It was through entertainment. And Commodores, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we could bring money back home. You know, here yeah. one at one point was that getting our musicians, how that uh, very few of our musicians really drive, uh, meaning uh, they're not making any money. Yeah, and I think that. That's a, that's a very complex explanation, but I think part of it starts from your, maybe your background and then your managers, your handlers. Um, there's an exploitative element, too, because the people who have the money or who want to distribute, mm -hmm. they're taking a risk. So we want to make sure, first of all, they take care of that risk before they can actually right. address your needs. It's just the reality of business, unfortunately. How do you hope us uh, to uh, take this program uh, go going forward, Tataya? Uh, 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 What's your plan? Well, <laughs> you are that's a good question. That's, you that's a good me. question. I think yeah. for me, it starts from what I can control. Yeah. You know, and what I can control is, you know, you have friends, you have got contacts. There are yeah. things I've done over the years yeah. that I would love to do again, go back doing again. I think I'm in a okay. very 
stronger position now. So okay. it starts with programs like this. Let's bring people who are in the industry. Let's have a chat. Let's talk. And then we extend this further to our contacts here. Uh, can we introduce them? I like to, that. Yeah, can okay. we introduce them to people? Can we, I think, when once COVID ends. But also even with COVID, I think there's a, uh, a new thing now you can have virtual shows. So you don't necessarily have to travel. And I think we start small, but with a plan, because always this thing yeah. has to be done. And I always tell people who come to me, ask for help. They want, oh, can you bring us to Canada or North America like next month? I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you have to plan okay. long term, yeah. maybe a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, a big yeah. thing, but we'll do what we can. With we, what we'll we do can. what we can. We'll be promoting every, every, every weekend or every Saturday at the end of our, our show. We'll be bringing, we'll be featuring. Uh, a musician who is uh, doing well. So VVT, Dev, only uh, if you are interested to listen more, go to the YouTube. Let's bump up his number. May he so rest in peace. He was only 25 years old. Jasai, my good friend, thank you so much for uh, joining, us, joining us. That Hello, was your show. Much. My name is Roger here in uh, Overtop, our data in Canada. Until next week, we shall bring another um, fast moving forward. Uh, uh, our program here. What now? I think like five minutes. Have a good weekend, my friend. All right. Have a good weekend, man. Take care. Thanks for time. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.